on this week's episode of Polk and Kush. The Saints are undefeated. The weather's getting better. We've got some questions. You don't have any answers. You're going to love it. Stick around right here. Polk and Kush. Welcome everyone to Polk and Kush. It is Thursday, September 15, 2022, and the Saints are undefeated. Undefeated. Flawless, some would say. You could say that. <laughs> Record-wise, flawless. Flawless. Football is back. It's, it was a huge lead-up. Crazy first weekend. It's back. We've got tons of Saints talk coming at you uh, over the next uh, period of this episode. I didn't watch the game. Oh, okay. It's now well. a bad time to... <laughs> I was hoping to catch up there was on an, the podcast. There was an Antiques Roadshow on that I had. Couldn't miss. A lot of Confederate memorabilia. <laughs> love that. Uh, yeah, we obviously love tons of Saints talk. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, did you have you done anything remotely interesting in the last few days, Mr. Polk? <laughs> God. I haven't. <laughs> That's, yeah, I was going to go, fuck, have you, motherfucker? No, <laughs> of course not. I went, uh, I saw a concert uh, Monday night. Oh. Yeah, Monday night concert. You had to get bold. Uh, had to get an Americano at 5 p.m. <laughs> Take those like trucker pills that you can, you know, yep. they keep them in the glass case. Truck driver stimulants got me through a lot of nights. Yeah, yeah so uh, I took those and was able to stay up until 11.30 in public. <laughs> Where'd you go? Uh, I went to the Civic Theater. I saw a band called Pup, P-U-P. Okay. They're like punk. Isn't there a band called Pup Punk also? Is I, it them? No, you're thinking of the Paw Patrol. Okay. <laughs> That's I thought I'd saw a band called Pup Punk. I don't know. Um, so they're called Pup? Pup, P-U-P, yeah. Okay. And they are dogs or? They're uh, Canadian gentlemen. Okay. Uh, it's like kind of punk uh, music. Okay. Emo, screamo. Like that. All the stuff. A lot of uh, a lot of white guys uh -huh. under six feet, very emotional. So dashboard confessional. No, it's not. Okay. It's not <laughs> for sissies. I was once driving home with a coworker. We were driving from South Carolina, Tennessee. At, the game didn't end till like midnight, so we didn't get in the car like two in the morning. So we're driving from two to six a.m., which is the worst time to drive in planet Earth. Yeah, it's. No matter where you are, and he listened to Dashboard Confessional for two full albums worth. And then he drove right into a bridge. <laughs> I was like, that. I can't handle this for one more second. No, I, uh, I I wouldn't be able to do that. Don't the the band is not in the same genre. I'll send you a few tracks. I'd love some tracks. You can listen to them in between Toy Story viewings and. <laughs> What do kids listen to? The Crazy Frog ringtone, peanut butter jelly time, <laughs> right. Gangnam Style. Barbie and, uh, Girl by Aqua, yes. Uh, <laughs> shark, Baby Shark. Baby shark. Oh, yeah, yeah, a lot of Baby Shark. Uh, yeah, man, that's uh, kids audio. And now that this guy, there's this guy named Blippi. Have you ever heard of this guy? I don't believe so. He's like the most popular YouTuber in the world, and my kids kind of recently <laughs> discovered him. And he's just a, and I recently found out that he once did a Harlem Shake video where he defecated on another man. Oh. And he's like the most popular children's, like, uh, you know, personality, basically. Yeah. They have like toys with him branded on it and stuff. And it does show you that it no longer matters. In the age of the internet, like, what you did, it, it can't stop you anymore unless you said something racist. And at that point, it's done. If Libby had said something racist, he would be dead. But, Pooping on another man in the Harlem Shake video. <laughs> he seems to be doing just That's fine. That's fine, as yeah. long as the other guy knew about it. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of this guy. Is he our age? 
probably he's probably a little younger than us. And he what does silly voices? Puppets, he puts on dances. like a, like one of those helicopter spinny hats with the multicolors, you know. And then he uh, goes to like uh, a baseball stadium and is like, "Hey, I'm Lippy. Look, there's seats here, and look, there's a home plate." So he's and like he a like, modern day Pee Wee Herman. No, Pee Wee Herman. That was really insulting to Pee Wee Herman, like who had like a level of imagination and creativity. This guy's like going to an indoor playground and be like, "Oh, cool! Look, there's balls." Uh, and then, but it's like thirty minutes of that. Hmm. I know, he walks around a firehouse and just points at shit that's in a firehouse in a goofy voice. I do that at the locker room at Planet Fitness. <laughs> he might as well do that. And he's uh, and you know each video has thirty million views or something. You know. What am what did I do wrong? <laughs> I, know, I put out I'm still putting out triple A level content for over a decade. I lived in Hollywood, I wrote scripts, I knew everybody. And as recently as three months ago, I worked at a standalone Sears, not even one attached to a mall. Selling the bags you put on the back of a lawnmower. And then this guy Blippy. Yeah. He pooped on a guy. And he's now the most, he's probably worth like $100 million now. Well, I know what I must do. Yes. Become. Kush. (laughs) (laughs) If this is the roadmap to success, starts here. We're going to have to get a video camera. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, I'm happy for you that you don't know who Blippi was. A couple months ago, I didn't know he was, and my life was a little bit better. I thought you were going to say I'm happy for you that you're not successful. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of those catch-22s. I don't know how much, like, if you were in your solid gold mansion with a gazillion dollars, like, sleeping on beds of diamonds, but you had to do what this Blippi guy does every day, I do wonder how much it would be worth it for someone like you. (laughs) I'm sure he puts a solid gold gun in his mouth every night. (laughs) No, I wouldn't be able to do that. The worst part about, like, being a famous entertainer now would have to be, like, hanging out with Burt Kreischer. (laughs) Anytime, like, I think about, like, really giving it another go, I'm like, nope, that could be your future. Acting like Burt Kreischer is funny. I won't be doing that. Uh, of all the people to hate, I love that he's the one that you just have zeroed in on. I don't hate him. He's just not funny. Yeah. I, get, I mean, you know, I find it entertaining, I suppose. When he takes off his shirt and then he's just a big fat guy? Well, just stories of him getting really drunk. It's like, that's entertaining to me. Yeah. That's basically everything. That was basically my life from age 16 to now is <laughs> just listening to people tell me stories about getting drunk and I laugh. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah then i got really drunk and i did this it it's evokes like, oh, okay. a feeling yeah it, that, there you go that's good i would agree it lacks creativity <laughs> <laughs> so now that we've dumped on uh, people who are way more successful than us uh i feel like we should do the same about the saints let's continue <laughs> let's continue to do that the saints are successful they're one and oh uh not the best performance uh that i've ever seen safe i would say that's safe yeah uh, Dennis Allen's debut as Saints head coach, the first game without Sean Payton in uh, 15, 16 years. It was sloppy. It was uh, scary. It was shitty. Uh, and yet, at the end of the day, the Saints come out on top. Uh, I, I That's one of those where you walk out and you're like, I'm pretty sure the Falcons lost that way more than the Saints won it. But the Saints did go out and win the game. Credit Jameis Winston looked horrific for three quarters, threw for 200-plus yards in the fourth quarter. Saints erase a 16-point deficit, uh, you know, and a, a series of mind-numbing mistakes and uh, end up winning the game. So what was your, you know, feeling at the end of that game? Uh, the takeaway was not ecstatic, ecstatic that, of course, that the Saints won and sure. they came back. It was, you know, I haven't felt like that sense of elation during a comeback since uh, that Redskins game in like 2017, which yeah. I believe was also the the uh, previous largest fourth quarter deficit for the Saints to overcome. It was, you know, welcome back to Saints football. Jameis turned it around after he went into the tent. Mm. They went into the tent. Yes. 
They bonked him on the head Gives with that little <laughs> orange triangle thing. Yeah, it was a reflex test. Do you think sometimes you get hit enough that it knocks everything into place? <laughs> yeah, I think that's possible, right? He got sacked four times, all before the tent visit. Uh-huh. He was not looking good while that was happening. No. Once the onslaught, the mayhem, the carnage was over, and he went to the tent, and they you know, showed him the pop-up book, the color forms, whatever it was. <laughs> He came back a changed man. <laughs> he looked very good. Uh, the Saints obviously have lots of problems with their offensive line. Uh, I think we had discussed that a lot in training camp. It seemed like a surprise to most people <laughs> as it was unfolding. Uh, three of the five positions of the offensive line are below average and maybe even horrendous, mm-hmm. uh, depending on you know your thoughts on Andrews Pete and... Uh, Cesar Ruiz and Hurst, J- James Hurst, I think. Um, they're just not very good, and mm-hmm. Jameis isn't uh, that adept at, you know, calling out the right audibles and doing all. It also, doesn't. The Trout Man is fucking terrible, too. Uh, so it's not like he provides a lot of help. He provided a leg of a parlay for under one and a half receptions. <laughs> Did you have so, that? of course, I'm taking that all day. Under one and a half receptions. <laughs> He also got blown up on that field goal to end the game that would have like almost got blocked. <laughs> that would have been an incredible. Pete and Troutman got just annihilated on that on that field goal. Uh if you go watch that again. Uh but so anyway, you know, the game was several days ago, so you guys have seen highlights a million times. I we won't get into uh you know, the play-by-play of it all, but to talk about what it kind of means going forward, I think a couple issues stand out. Uh, number one for me is Dennis Allen seemed to not be totally comfortable uh, in what he was doing at this point, mostly the end-of-the-game stuff. Uh, the Saints looked totally discombobulated. Not only did they call a horrible play call, uh, on the two-point conversion, going with a wildcat with Mark Ingram, uh, which really just seemed illogical based on how the game had gone up to that point. The Saints missed the two-point conversion. They get lucky uh, that the Falcons fumbled a snap. They punted. The Saints get it back. Jameis Winston spikes the ball with the clock off on first down with like 30 seconds left or 25 seconds left, and I couldn't understand any of it. No. What the general takeaway after that then was people saying that the clock should have been running, which is fine, but it wasn't. They, that, somebody had to have looked at the clock, right? Is that the head coach's job? It did not appear that anyone was looking at the clock. No one looked at the clock or looked at the referee who clearly waved the play dead. Is this because Dennis Allen is doing two jobs out there? He's still coaching defense. Andy's head coaching. Yeah, but you would think he would not be coaching defense uh, while the offense is on the field in the last 40 seconds you of the game. You would think so. <laughs> He's like back there changing the secondary. Uh, I'm reading the list of excuses uh, the Saints media came up with, and that yeah, was on the top. That was on the top. Damn. <laughs> uh, so that was bad enough, right? It was a 15-yard penalty for spiking the ball with the clock stopped which is insane, pushed the Saints out of field goal range temporarily. That was pretty stupid. Even dumber, though, I think, honestly, was so it's a loss of down on the spike. So it's second down. The Saints get the yardage back. Jameis makes another nice pass. They get the yardage back and then some to put themselves in the field goal territory. Then they run up on third down, and they spike it again. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's 20-something seconds left, and you're about to go to fourth down to kick a game-winning field goal, and you spike the ball again. So now you've left for no reason whatsoever 23 seconds for the Falcons to get the ball back. It's like no one had any idea how to deal with situational football. And I don't know. I mean, Sean Payton wasn't the best at it. I often question his timeouts or whatever, but I felt like he was pretty competent in that area. That was that minute was wildly incompetent game management. The Saints got very fortunate that Atlanta not come down and score in those mm-hmm. twenty-three seconds. We obviously we all saw the AFC playoff game where the Chiefs went down what nineteen seconds, scored a touchdown. Like 
it ain't that hard, especially I think they had three timeouts left. Now, they, they probably would have used one if the Saints had not spiked the ball, right? Like, he would have maybe would have forced them to call the timeout mm-hmm. so that they would have some time. But instead, you lost a down, and they didn't call a timeout for literally no reason. It just felt very like, all right, well, here's some – this is – when you're worried about your coach coming in for the first time, this is exactly the scenario in which you are uh, concerned about. It. It's not like he's a first-time head coach. It very much looked like that, though. My perspective was I was watching these mistakes, and particularly the t- spiking the ball 20 seconds left. Those are situations where me as... I'm not the smartest person watching the game. Sure. Um, those are situations where I go... Oh, I must be missing something. <laughs> and like I'm saying that completely sincerely. Yeah. And that felt kind of like how it was with the people I was watching. Uh-huh. They were it was just like, "Oh, I guess I guess that's what we're doing." <laughs> no, nope, there was no cush, you know, with steam shooting out of his ears. <laughs> Screaming at the TV, we're just like, oh, I guess that's what will happen right now. <laughs> they got to stop the clock. I guess they've got to stop it at 20. It seems like it seems like you would want more time <laughs> off the clock. I don't, you know, I don't know. What do I know? So that did not bother you in the moment. I, my senses, my spidey senses were tingling. Okay. I thought it was peculiar. Yeah. It was not discussed with the patrons. Sure. Of the nursing home television I was watching this with <laughs> at my night job. <laughs> the tube TV. <laughs> you were all. Yeah, we were uh, watching a replay. <laughs> no, no. People seemed a little confused, but there was not an outcry. I don't know if that's because people were still just in shock of the comeback. Yeah. The, the shock that there's a chance the Saints could win this. Or if everybody was just a little dumbfounded by it, because it all happened very quickly. Yeah. And the victory came so quickly that it immediately wiped out all that stuff. Agreed. I haven't really thought about, like... Sure. I haven't really thought about it until now, about just bad situational awareness and bad clock management. You can chalk it up to a lot of things. I'm chalking it up to a first-year-on-paper head coach. Sure. Uh, but, you know, is it troubling that it was against the worst team in the NFL? Mm-hmm. You know, up for debate. Yeah. Yeah. And again, <laughs> and that's and it was weird in the moment because, I, I mean, as I tend to do, I'm losing my mind over something that is like the only thing that I can understand that if I was actually in that position, I think I feel like at least I would understand that you don't spike the ball on third down with 23 seconds to go. There's literally not a single benefit to it. So I'm screaming at the TV, but it should not overcome the fact that Saints fans should be happy that they erase a 16-point comeback, that the offense came to life, that Jameis Winston and these weapons showed what they're capable of. Like, all those, the Saints did a lot of things to come back to win. They deserve a lot of credit for that. Mm -hmm. But there are very real issues that made me go like, there are some warning signs here. Um, the other big one besides the game management, which I was a little dumbfounded by, uh, the defensive line looked far worse, uh, than I was anticipating. I thought the saints would be able to kind of swallow up Atlanta offensively. That did not happen really at all for the first three quarters. And Mm -hmm. probably, uh, I think the Falcons would have sealed the game had they not, uh, fumbled a snap in the very end of the fourth quarter there. Yeah, the defense didn't look great. Uh, particularly the, I mean, I the offensive line was just dog shit. We yeah, I kind of expected kind of talked that. about that. Yeah, but you know, I think CJ is a much bigger gap in this Saints defense than we anticipated. Yeah, I don't know if it's there. Still hasn't been any sort of official resolution with CJ of no. why he's gone. I. You know, we speculated, others did, about locker room chemistry. But something is just missing from that Saints defense other than Cam Jordan, who was a ghost. Yeah, as he tends (laughs) to be sometimes. Peyton Turner was a ghost. Marcus Davenport was a ghost. Uh, You know, Turner got the field goal block at the end of the game. It didn't seem he had, like, all that much pressure on it. I feel like the kick just came in low because it was a 65-yard field goal. (laughs) So I suppose the angle of it was uh, relatively low. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore made a impossibly dumb mistake getting a personal foul with, you know, 
one second left that allowed that opportunity. Um, but really, it was the surprising part was how good the Saints have been against the run for the most part for the last several seasons, mm-hmm. which you credit a lot to Demario Davis, you credit a lot to Cam Jordan, and there's a lot of pieces who are all kind of in place there. And they were very bad against the run. Uh, Cordell Patterson, who is not the second coming of, you know, Terrell Davis out there, uh, I think had like 150 yards rushing. It felt very easy. It felt very, very physical. The Saints were able to keep them from getting touchdowns and, a, you know, a lot of bend but don't break uh, stuff. But at the same time, it was definitely troubling to think that Marcus Mariota and Cordero Patterson and the Falcons, you know, pretty crappy offensive line were able to physically kind of dominate the game. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to the Bucks. They are a much more polished team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be in the Superdome. And, you know, I'm sure that they are well aware of everything we're saying. And sure. hopefully ironing out some of the kinks. But it's going to be a very different game. Hopefully yep. we see a more polished Saints team uh, to talk about positives michael thomas came alive in the second half yep. he uh, dropped a couple of easy passes in the first half which was very uncharacteristic but then again he hasn't played football in <laughs> it's been a minute <laughs> two years <laughs> yeah. so uh once he got locked in and started going it was uh, very encouraging to see him give a shit to see him have that dog in him yeah and the crazy eyes were just a very welcome sight. Absolutely. Yeah. And once Michael Thomas got going, you know, he's catching difficult passes at that point. It's the first time I've seen long passes to my now he didn't catch every long pass, but it was interesting to see him be used as something other than a slot receiver and actually go down the field and you know, give Jameis some confidence, and then you got to see Jarvis Landry mesh relatively well with yeah. the team. It made a great catch. Yeah, uh, to set him up there. So the receiving unit, a plus. Yeah, I mean, you really saw the difference that having receivers makes. I mean, yeah, most got like what they had last year would not have made the play Michael Thomas made. Definitely would not have made the play that. Uh, Chris Olave made in the two-pointer and certainly not the one that Jarvis Landry made on the sideline to basically win the game. Uh, so there are huge upgrades. I think the Saints are much more potent offensively, even though Alvin Kamara did almost nothing. Uh, and, you know, it, I feel like that would not have happened last year, that if they could not get any semblance of a run game going, they just would have not scored. Yeah, Alvin Kamara, the poor man's Taysom Hill. <laughs> Yeah, the Saints end up with like 100-something rushing guards because Taysom had 70 on one play. Um, it was I was surprised to hear a peep out of Taysom. Yeah. And for him to score the first touchdown in such a striking fashion uh, really blew me away. Yeah. Uh, it told me that they were full of shit, saying that they've been training him as a tight end. Uh-huh. <laughs> they were lying as well. That's time. some Sean Payton shit to say that he's full of screens. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> You know, the there I, I do think that they're only gonna get better, uh, but so will the rest of the NFL. So if the coaching sure. can can catch up to it, then you know, the Saints look pretty good. Yeah, I did I was able to watch Tampa Sunday night. Uh they didn't look great. I mean the Cowboys looked quite anemic. And Dak uh, got injured yeah. as usual. Yeah, so Dak got hurt, I guess late in the game, but even then the Cowboys weapons are as bad as the Saints were last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had nothing out there to throw to. Uh, it looked like they had just kind of keyed on that. Uh, and then Tampa just was kept settling for field goals. They've got a super uh, banged-up offensive line, so maybe the Saints will be in good position. Uh, I, I think you know Tom Brady got hit and sacked a lot uh, deep in his own territory, deep in uh, Cowboys territory. So it's not as if the... The Buccaneers are some kind of invincible team. I think they are one of the better teams in the NFL, but it's not as if this is some kind of crazy. I think the spread is two right now, two or three. I don't know. I haven't. I I haven't seen it. Yeah, um, I'm looking at this week two practice report. Uh, Paulson Adebo is the only Saint who did not practice today. Today being the 14th, and Jameis Winston was limited yeah. uh, with his back listed. Uh, Pretty much everyone you would expect is on here. Cam Jordan, Alvin Kamara, Marcus May, Traquan Smith. Uh, Mark oh, not Traquan Smith. Oh, no. <laughs> what are they going to do if he can't play? A lot of LPs Who's going to drop the here. pass? <laughs> Who's going to drop a critical third down? When do you think uh, Traquan's hitting the road? <laughs> I mean, I can't believe he's back on the team. 
Unbelievable. Uh, Tom Brady did not practice. Chris Godwin did not practice. Julio Jones, who's 57 years old, did not practice. <laughs> you think Tom Brady even bothers to show up? He doesn't even know where practice is. <laughs> Remember when Roger Clemens was pitching on the Astros and was like, if I'm not pitching that day, I'm not going to yeah, the game. Yeah, of course, which is the correct. <laughs> yeah. And he would start the season in June, and he was like juiced up on steroids like he was a racehorse. And everyone was like, all right, whatever. do whatever you want, man. We don't care. Yeah. It's like just come out here every couple days, and you know, you, we trust that you can perform when you need to perform. And I think that's probably the case with Tom Brady. That's why it's America's game. Because yeah. you can be honest. <laughs> just and do what you do. Tom Brady has achieved the level of success where he can be honest. Right? I think so. You would think. I, I mean. And Traquan Smith, you know? <laughs> Grandfathered in. Just like, yeah, just like those guys. I mean, half of the half of the DNPs are just uh, because they're in court. So. <laughs> uh, Kamara, obviously questionable that is uh that swings the game a good bit i saw the saints picked up latavius murray this week that doesn't feel terribly encouraging uh they felt they had to go pick up a running back well uh yeah they need another option for the wildcat on a two-point conversion <laughs> who's the exact same player <laughs> so that'll be i mean I'm, i was kind of i'm i'm routinely surprised at how not washed mark ingram looks he, I felt like he looked pretty good. He did. And he's, I mean, he's 13 years in the NFL now? I don't know, man. I he, think he won the Heisman Trophy in like 2010. He was, you know, it was just like last season. He's like wearing a ski mask and, yeah. you know, he's, he's one of the, he's one of the kids. He's one of the guys. <laughs> yeah, he's like 33. That's what the kids yeah. are doing. They're wearing ski masks. That's how I denote a young person. That's what they're doing in uh, Orleans Parish, that's for <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, the, credit to Mark Ingram. Uh, he seems to be uh, you know, able to continue to help this team. I mean, he was basically on the street uh, last year. I think the Texans cut him, which allowed the Saints to get him. Maybe they traded a late pick, something like that. Uh, but he's around. I mean, they've got a pretty good roster. They just didn't play very well. You think some of that is just not doing much in the preseason? As very few of those guys played more than a drive uh, in the preseason, so maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe so. It's hard for me to put stock in that with like good veteran players, like you know Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Oh, like I just, it's hard for me yeah. to think that the preseason matters that much. Sure, but something changed. I mean, a lot of things changed with this team. That is a factor of something that changed. I think your pistol just fell out of your pocket. <laughs> Is that how badly the show is going? Oh, Lord. I hope the mic picked that up. I'll just add a kaboom sound. Uh, a lot of things I, uh, I I heard a couple of people say during the game, like, this is last year's team, but worse. Uh-huh. And it, lo- and it looked like it for, for three quarters and four minutes yes it was last year's team but worse yeah because last year's team was really physical defensively Mm -hmm. and really hard to run on with the exception of like one or two games uh this year's team was not hard to run on in that first game but we've seen how deceiving the first game can be uh it is it's easy to put a lot of emphasis on it because it's the only evidence that we have of watching a team. Mm-hmm. But if there was ever a case of uh, the deception that a week one could provide, I think we learned it last year. Yeah, last year was the first time the Saints had won a season opener in like 11 years. <laughs> that and they scored like <laughs> 40. Four, yeah. yeah. Like against the best team in the NFC, they scored like 40 points. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they scored anywhere near that the rest of the season. No. Uh, but, you know, this year you scored 20 something against the worst team in the league. So, yeah. You know, what do you know? Yeah, you don't know anything. It's very easy to overreact to week one. This week, I think, will be far more telling. In the Dome, should be fun. Uh, you going to be there? I will be there. We'll see how my three-year-old handles it. Oh, uh, I'm sure well. I'm sure he's going to really, uh, you know, let me lock into the game. Well, if any uh, listeners out there just, you know, want to come watch your kid during the game, I'm sure you'd... <laughs> 
allow them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's going to go uh, flawlessly. <laughs> I can't imagine a single problem that will come up. Uh, but it should be fun. I am looking forward to it to get back in the dome, experience uh, you know what'll definitely feel like a big game because mm-hmm. uh, I think Tampa is now like the real rivalry at this point. Yeah, like as much as we all hate the Falcons, I think everyone knows the Buccaneers game is the di- the Buccaneers are the team that you have to beat. Right, uh, Falcons is the fun rivalry. Tampa is the yeah. real one. As Sean Payton uh, said that the Atlanta. New Orleans rivalry ended like 12 years ago That's or something. Yeah. I didn't understand what he that was means. saying because he beat them so much. Yeah. I was like, well, they beat you some too. They did. They went to the Super Bowl more recently than you did. I feel like there's probably a little rivalry given uh, the number of uh, fist fights and grocery stores <laughs> I saw on TikTok uh, later that afternoon. The videos of the concourse after the game were. A plus hysterical. Good lord! Of just Saints fans, just just I mean, being the most obnoxious human beings imaginable, walking through that concourse. It looked like game. Saints fans were fighting Saints fans. <laughs> it was everyone were jumping up on the trash can, and I was like, "This is so good." You would have to be out of your mind <laughs> to go to Atlanta to watch the Saints. I had a friend who went, and he said he's like, by the time. That the Saints got the ball back to kick the winning field goal. So not even they hadn't even taken the lead mm-hmm. yet. So by the time the Saints got the ball back, three quarters of the Falcons fans had left. Wow. It's like they were winning with a minute left <laughs> of the game. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they knew what was gonna happen and they did not want to see the Saints fans uh, you know, they didn't want to get stuck in that concourse. No. And after seeing the videos, <laughs> I get it. It looked like uh, a real it was like uh what Cersei Lannister walking through the streets with the shame parade. <laughs> Any Falcons fan that dared walk through that concourse after the game was getting was gonna get heat big shame. time. Shame. Shame. Uh so Saints play Tampa uh, noon on Sunday. Should be a fun one. We will obviously have a lot of reaction to that as we come back next week. Uh, In the meantime, we've got, of course, a lot of local news and a little bit of college recap and, of course, the worst of the week. The NFL's opening week was action-packed. It's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and bigger wins with the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Good Lord. So if you didn't do that for week one, which you were a dummy not to, turns out they're going to give you another chance. $5 bet, you get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrills of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's very simple. This Sunday, better than any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you are paid instantly, even if your team loses. So just take a 10-point lead, and then it's over. Mm -hmm. So you're not just betting the money line. You're just betting what team is going to get a 10-point lead. It's too easy. It's pretty sweet. So if you had the Falcons yeah. last week, you would have won, even Man. though they lost. It's It almost sounds too good to be true, especially we're in Saints country. We know it's going to be a, a wacky ride. Yes. It's going to be up and down. Somebody's going to have 10 points on the other team, probably both teams at some point. Yeah. You'd be a fool. <laughs> Not to take this off. As a user of the DraftKings Sportsbook, I had the 10-point bet uh, earlier this week. It is more fun to watch it that way. Cha-ching. It almost worked out. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code POLK and KUSH, P-O-L-K-A-N-D-K-U-S-H, POLK and KUSH, to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code Polk and Kush only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. See them. Read them. People love reading show notes. <laughs> we often slip in our social security number in there just to see if anybody's paying attention. I've written an, an elegant eloquent long beautiful message 
for every show in the notes, and uh, no one has ever read it. Yeah, I gave a treasure map out, uh, you know, to $100 million. Yeah. No one goes to get it. I heard a story about, like, some company had, like, a very, it was like an 80-page manual on, like, you know, safety regulation or whatever, and somewhere in it, uh-huh. it said, like, if you're reading this, and you're the first person to email us, we'll give you, like, $10,000. <laughs> And somebody, like, after years, finally saw it and won it. That's this week's The Best. I had, a, I had an exam in college, I want to say. And on it, there was, like, you know, the instructions between things. And it was, like, if you put a square in the upper left-hand corner of the first page of this test, you'll get an uh, automatic A. <laughs> 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 like, just reading the instructions of a quiz or something, I was like, well, this school's friggin' easy. Uh, no wonder all the football players graduate here. <laughs> um yeah, man. Uh, speaking of college football, it was another fun week. Uh, how much did you get to watch anything Saturday? Are you a, are you a Saturday consumer or just a Sunday consumer now? I'm a little bit of both. I none of the games particularly interested me this Saturday. Yeah, it was just kind of like background fodder. I didn't pay too much attention to it. Of course, other than gambling wildly. Oh man. But uh, the live betting is pff, college football is perfect. You know, I was it's at I was at the Fa place and they had LSU on. Oh. It was seventy nine to zero <laughs> in the first quarter. That was I felt very bad for the Southern fans that were there. I think they were excited just to be there because you know it's their Baton Rouge's team and all this stuff. But like, yikes! It's like you could be down twenty to nothing. Being down like forty nothing in the first quarter is a little. I think it was thirty-seven to zero after the first quarter. It, uh, I think that's what I saw when they were uh, bringing out the vermicelli bowl. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the Southern did cover though in the fourth quarter. Oh. That was a hell of a backdoor cover there. Uh, one of the all-time sleepers. Um, Tulane played Alcorn State. I went to that game, fifty-two to nothing. I think Tulane won by. It was uh-huh. not that close. Uh, you know, I'm excited to see Tulane play a real team. They will play Kansas State uh, this weekend in uh, Manhattan, Kansas, Little Apple, as they call it. Oh yeah, and uh, <clears throat> that's a big one. And then, of course, LSU is a very big game. This feels like the one of the bigger swing games of the season for them. Mississippi State comes to Tiger Stadium, uh, five o'clock kickoff there. It feels like if LSU s- loses this game, people are going to be uh, smashing that panic button, or at least like, hey, I'll pay attention next year, kind of thing. Do you think they're going to fire Brian Kelly after two losses or three? <laughs> like $92 million guaranteed. Imagine if he like tried to do the like, y'all, I'm just here for the gumbo. You know, if he tried to do that like Cajun shtick, he was trying to up front where he just sounded like Boomhauer. If he tried to do that now, people are like, shut the fuck up and win a football game, you dirty Yankee. You know what I would do if I was him? If I if people were starting take a bath in a golden exactly, I would stand at that press conference and be like, <laughs> "What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do?" It's like I'm trying to win the games. I suppose he's trying to win the games. I would just say, "What are you gonna do? You're not gonna fire me, and if you do fire me, you owe me ninety million dollars." I think Ed Orgeron basically said that. He's like Scott Woodward, who he very clearly hates. He's like called me into his office, said, "Hey, time for you to go," and he said. We owe you $17 million? That's what we're going to pay you. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Where do I sign? It was like, which which door do I leave out of? Yeah. I believe like, it's the... it's crazy. Uh, the we can join the exit tour with him. This yeah. is basically, you remember that movie uh, Wild Hogs? Oh, great film. This is the new Wild Hogs. <laughs> it's going to be all the fired LSU coaches. <laughs> Going around on motorcycles <laughs> the with their twenty million dollars are still getting paid. Yeah, uh, uh, that's the first time I've asked somebody if they remember <laughs> Wild Hogs and went, "Boy, do I!" <laughs> oh, you know it. <laughs> Tim Allen and William H Macy on bikes. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, so that's college football. Uh, a lot. I mean, a very big week coming up uh, for the Fighting Tigers. Locally, I always like got- when we do a segment. And you're like, "Do you know anything about what we're talking about?" I'm like, "No." All right, well. <laughs> only a bulking coach, everybody. 
You're not, you're not gonna find any other program <laughs> in which people literally have those don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Next, we're going to go in deep into anime discussion. I thought LSU played McNeese. <laughs> Same colors, I guess. Yeah. They're blue and yellow. We'll take uh, it. Oh, well. Oh. <laughs> if you don't like the podcast, we'll give you a refund. <laughs> How about that? And, and we know what you've all been waiting for. You're in the misery just like us. That's right, everybody. It's the NOLA Breakdown. It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and a tiny little crawdaddy. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you, New Orleans. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, there was a wacky car chase. I believe that's what the officials are calling it. There was uh-huh. a crazy, zany car race through New Orleans. That uh, went across the Crescent City connection. Uh, it was a woman uh, driver who crashed into like three people, like three different vehicles, three different civilian vehicles, and then like damaged like three uh, JPSO cruisers, uh, all the NOPD vehicles unharmed. Uh, they were still in the parking spots from the <laughs> morning. They hadn't shown up yet because it wasn't 9 a.m. But JPSO is chasing these people around uh, that are creating this havoc. And you're like, oh, my God, this is a crazy news story. Like an over the bridge. Like that's really terrifying for like somebody to crash into you on a bridge where you can fly off. That's what I always worry about. And you're like, well, you know lightning strikes that's only going to happen once no it happened again today three teenagers Jesus. it didn't go over it, it wasn't a west bank one uh it may have ended in the west bank but it didn't the crashing wasn't on the bridge i believe it was three teenagers that hit five civilian cars uh-huh. and more jpso vehicles oh my goodness i heard uh, they lost five five cars this week jpso can they go to the east and just get some cars that are strewn about and paint them white and blue? I feel like you could piece together enough car parts from the stolen cars that they've recovered. Yeah, they just need to make like a kill doser. I don't know if you saw them. <laughs> could we have a New Orleans kill doser? The Robocop of cars, yes. We need an actual RoboCop as well. Unquestionably, no place has needed RoboCop. Even Detroit in the 80s pales in comparison to the level which we need RoboCop now. DraftKings, if you're still listening, we have to send in the DraftKings ad to DraftKings so they can make sure that we didn't uh, you know, say the wrong promo code or whatever. I wonder if some of them listen to the show afterwards. They definitely don't because 10 million <laughs> podcasts... Are sponsored by them. But if you are listening, it's time to open up a Louisiana uh, just challenges betting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Will there be another car chase three days in a row? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go over the, the parlay. What yes. are the odds? <laughs> over under cars ruined by the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office. I think what it is is there is a car chase daily. It is just sometimes, and more frequently lately, the JPSO is involved, so something happens and you hear about it. (laughs) Well, the guys, the the cops, decided to keep chasing them. It's really more of the story. Yeah. And that's probably because it was JPSO. I would would bet the farm on that one. (laughs) We could do some other Louisiana bets. When will Brian Kelly get fired? We've already mentioned it. Sure. Um, when will an angry fan come to the Bud Light Lime studio <laughs> in a trench coat? I got my odds on uh, you're October ba- right now. You're back on Twitter. Real dumb. Yeah. All-time dumb. All-time yeah. dumb, dumb move. Yeah. It was for gambling purposes. Yeah. Was- I, yeah, I, you know, I was like, Kush, go on Twitter. It'll be fine. <laughs> 
No one will yell at you. Just get on there, say, listen to the show and get off. And you're like, you know what? I think I'm strong enough to do that. And then you fell back into addiction immediately. Of course. And I'll end up in 100 fights and then I'll get out of it again. I'll write one thing that is totally 100% accurate, uh-huh. and some guy will be like, you are the worst human being alive. I hate this guy so much. What a piece of shit loser. And then everyone will agree with him, and I'll be like, oh, my God, guys, you weren't listening to what I'm saying. And then I'll end up in a fight with someone for absolutely no reason, and then I'll log off again. Well, I feel bad because I was the enabler. Oh, you? Well, yes. I was like, Kush, if you don't advertise the show, we're going to dip from 15,000 <laughs> listens to 14,000. <laughs> Neglect your family, get on Twitter and say listen to the show. And you're like, I I really think it's going to ruin my life. I'm scared to be on there. I don't think it's a good idea and I was like, shut up you baby. Get on there. I, I offered to give you my login and password and you were like, no. It was like you showed up I to the said, AA meeting with a six pack. <laughs> like, hey, can someone help me finish these beers? I don't want them. <laughs> I said, I'm not, I don't need another job, you piece of shit. I think that's a quote. That's <laughs> I was trying I'm not going to gonna tweet for you. <laughs> I was trying to do everything to not get back on there, and I'm back on. You don't baby. want me having your password because I'm gonna I'm gonna get on there and not say <laughs> that I'm someone else. Yeah, and just start doing nine eleven jokes. Oh yeah, <laughs> or you know, do like breaking report, like season canceled due to monkeypox. <laughs> Kyra Lewis Jr. has chlamydia yeah. out for season. <laughs> You wouldn't have wanted me to be on there for 9-11 or the Queen dying. <laughs> Both would have been no. bad for me. Your burner account have a good time with those? Oh, yeah. My yeah. burner account of uh, <laughs> Nick underscore. Uh, I forget the last name. Something with a U. <laughs> Dude. Uh, uh I got nothing, man. I just, I got to get off there. I really do. It doesn't help me. Well, get, it, you being off there, you may not know that Latoya Cantrell, you know, originally she said that she was riding uh, in first class uh, with somebody fanning her and another person feeding her grapes and uh, an Arabian boy uh, massaging her feet because <laughs> of her, of safety concerns. That's right. Well, as we all do, she has grown, seen the errors of her way, and came to her truth, uh, which is she was up there because of her anxiety. Oh, that's good. It's a medical condition. That's right. You can't be anxious if you're in the first class, Kevin. I don't know anyone in the world that has flown anywhere and wasn't a little anxious. Sure. Because, you know, airplanes, they don't crash a lot, but when they do... Everyone dies. Yes. Uh, the process of getting on the airplane, probably whether you're the mayor or not, is still a pain in the ass. Yes. It's stinky. Everyone on there is listening to the noise uh, with no headphones. There's a baby screaming. There's a dog barking. Uh, everyone on an airplane has an anxiety disorder while they're on the airplane. Accurate. Uh, some of us don't need to spend forty thousand dollars in upgrades, and I think if you were going to, and let's say, yeah, your anxiety's so bad, you need to be up front with the pool boy from <laughs> Havana. Sure, whatever. We've all been there. At least pay the city back. I know. But she's not going to do that. When she was on the city council, she was racking up stuff on a debit card yeah. for the city. Uh, when she got caught, she said that she was going to pay it back or she thought it was a loan or something. This has been happening for a while. It's yeah. not just the new one. And uh, I would like to commend the LaToya resignation people. They spelled, they have a new logo <laughs> and it's spelled correctly. Way to and go, now, everybody. <laughs> and we did it. I saw a billboard today that looked nice. Oh, there you go. So we're getting organized here. Uh, I mean, I, it feels very unlikely they're going to get the amount of signatures. It already feels like the momentum of that has started to peter out. But who knows? I mean, we're, I'm hopeful. I just don't want her to be the mayor anymore. It's very obvious she doesn't give a shit. She she thinks every she really just as we've said here before. She just thinks you're stupid. 
Mm-hmm. There's no other way to put it. If you're claiming anxiety is the reason that you had to spend $40,000 of not your money, uh, you're on the same airplane. Yeah. It, it's not as if anything changed for your actual security. Not as if anything changed for your actual, like, what what possible anxiety uh, strain could you have that is alleviated that much by moving up a couple of rows and having more leg room? Uh, the kind of anxiety that is completely alleviated by a hot towel. <laughs> and some wine. <laughs> a ton of wine. I mean, she must have been bombed on that plane. I mean, I would be. Sure. It, she better have been for 40000 <laughs> Like, there's no way that you can just sit in a better seat and it costs $10,000 more per person. Like, she better have been popping bottles. Yeah, that'd be... I mean, you know, that's cool. That's good image for this. Maybe city. she that's just, like, saying. kept buying Wi-Fi. Like, every time <laughs> she would, like, look at her phone, she maybe she was so hammered that she would buy the $15 in-flight Wi-Fi... Have a drink, go back to her phone. The thing would pop up. She'd go, oh, yeah, I guess I got to buy it. And then she just bought Wi-Fi a hundred times. The move on all the flights is you buy the Wi-Fi, and then the second the plane lands, you email the, <laughs> the airline. You're like, the Wi-Fi sucked, and which it did. Of course, it always yeah. sucks. And then they pay you back for it. That's oh, really, you know. Does that work? Always, yeah. I'm in a I haven't done it in a while, but it, I mean, it's never. it never didn't work. Can you get off the plane and say, hey, guys, I have bad anxiety. Can you pay me back for the flight? How far does the paying back go? I mean, would think they let let her bring a dog on the plane? That's what a lot of people with anxiety do. They bring dogs on the plane. Yeah, that's a big one now. That would have cost us less than $40,000. I've seen a peacock on an airplane before. (laughs) Really? Well, on the internet. I once flew back from, I think it was from L.A., Next to the Target dog. Oh. You know, the dog had a little thing on his eye or whatever. The real one? The real Target dog. Whoa. And uh, he was in first class on row one. And uh, he had a seat. And his, the the guy who watches the Target dog had a seat. It was a very exciting moment. <laughs> it was He was the big celeb of the plane. That's one celebrity I would get excited for. <laughs> That's very exciting. There were a lot of people walked out there to go take pictures and stuff. You know what I'm sure is fun for the Target dog sitting in first class? <laughs> watching wounded veterans walk by to the back of the plane while a dog <laughs> sits in the chair. It was, yeah, it was in first class with the two first class seats. So if you're ever wondering, you know, you're like, man, my target bill was pretty high. Just know that's where it's going. You think Latoya is scared of dogs? <laughs> well, if she was, she certainly couldn't sit back there. Yeah. <laughs> She'd have to sit in a different part of the plane. Uh, you know, the next step will be for her to fly private. Yeah. Maybe we could pay for her to learn how to fly a plane. Yeah. I mean, helicopter. I think she'd be good at that. Yeah. What are the lessons for that one? Maybe she could buy her own helicopter. I think so. Yeah. Do tours of the city. <laughs> this is good. This is good branding. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever the buddies come into town, she can take them on the helicopter tour. There was a car jacking here and here yeah. and here and here and here. When the city's submerged underwater, <laughs> hop in that helicopter. Straight up. Head on out. Now, that, you can't go super long distances. She can't visit the sister cities in the helicopter. That's true. But she can get to, you know... She can Monroe Regional one. Airport. <laughs> she can create some new ones. <laughs> you can a lot more sister cities along the Gulf Coast. You know, that's really it for the New Orleans stuff this week because I just don't, I'm, I don't care. The weather's nice. The weather is nice. Can that's we not, say that? There's no news story about it, but we, we're going to, we but can riff on it. There's the positive. Yeah. The weather was nice. The weather was up, nice. I walked outside at six o'clock in the morning. I was like, this is beautiful. What happened? It was great. I had a great time. It was wonderful. No baby powder needed. Well, of course, there's always baby powder. Well, okay. There's baby stuff everywhere. I'm surrounded in Babyville. Uh, um, but it was nice, man. It's like you can go outside. Have you been able to like walk around for lunch or go around the French Quarter at all? Yeah. I uh, I usually say I'm going to lunch and then go stand in the parking garage. <laughs> Smash my head against Just the wall. Just <laughs> looking at the ground, thinking about my life, and then walk back an hour later. And they're like, what'd you get for lunch? Oh, Subway. That's Subway. 
Why are your knuckles bleeding? I don't know. <laughs> Did you carve a swastika in your forehead? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I got to go to the doctor. <laughs> I've been walking around a little to answer your question. It's been very nice. It's beautiful outside. So, you know, we got that going for us. Yeah. And they said there's a hurricane developing in the Gulf, but it's not in the oh, Gulf yet. Oh, so that's COVID <laughs> news. If you don't listen, it doesn't happen. It doesn't matter. I know. Exactly. Well, how could that possibly affect us? Yeah. It's going to be like two weeks from now. I'm going to like be like, hey, are you coming to the podcast? You're like, there's a hurricane coming. I'm like, oh, nuts. I thought I got vaccinated. Got on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> that takes us into my favorite part of every single week on this year's program, ladies and gentlemen. The worst. Oh, this is the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things that I've ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumb for The worst. Worst is the worst thing I saw read this week. Send them in if you got them. Uh, this one comes from MSN. A Wendy's employee in Pennsylvania has been arrested for sabotaging railroad equipment. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it, on the mad lib of this segment is always the blank fast food worker <laughs> so, did, did something to X equipment. So many of the worst stories are always like dog eats baby. So yeah. whenever I see, you know, like Burger King employee falls down well, I'm like, all right, we'll go with that one. According to police, he did it with hopes of causing a malfunction that would have activated the crossing guards resulting in a traffic disruption and therefore a slow shift. This is apparently the only Wendy's in America that is on train tracks. That's unbelievable. That's how bad he didn't want to work. He like tried to go Bugs Bunny on the train and reroute it. This guy is uh, 34 years old. Accused of interfering with censors along the Reading and Northern, according to WFMZ, Railroad Police. Man, I want that job. That's Ball Blart Railroad Cop. <laughs> you think they get to do the pump thing where one guy's on one side and he pushes it down and it goes up on the other? That's how they chase after people. A surveillance camera captured an individual tampering with railroad equipment by installing what was reported to be a shunt, which what? sends a signal to the crossing gate. This would have activated the gate, blocking traffic while the device's presence would not have been detectable to the railroad's dispatchers, according to the township police. What a... Just lock the door. <laughs> you really don't want to Just serve. do what they do at every Wendy's and go, yeah, we don't have it. We're out of that. It seems to be much simpler than trying to derail a train. <laughs> <laughs> this is a breaking bad level scheme to get out of serving people spicy chicken nuggets for three hours. I feel like they could literally use some lessons from Popeye's. <laughs> like, you don't want to work? Go work at Popeye's. You don't want to work? Light up a cigarette in Wendy's. I don't know, man. <laughs> don't you say 34 years old? He's 34. <laughs> so that explains it. 34-year-old white male wearing a ball cap and dark colored shirt. There's a picture of him, and he just looks like every guy. Yeah. He looks like every man ever. Did it say he was on his way back? He was hung over from the Return of the Juggalos concert. <laughs> <laughs> The gathering of the juggalos. When he was apprehended, authorities found on his body a crossfade CD. <laughs> During the interview, they told us that their intentions were that if gates could malfunction and they could somehow block traffic, then that would prevent people from getting to Wendy's and they could have a slow <laughs> night at work. How busy is Wendy's at night? I went to Wendy's for the first time in probably three or four years a couple weeks ago. Yeah. No railroad needed. I <laughs> I won't be back. Uh, the railroad man, <laughs> Stephen Railroad, said a crash could have absolutely occurred. And according to the National University Rail Center, shunts are designed to send false positive to the crossing gates rather than false negatives. We all know what that means. <laughs> 
If there was like a giant chemical spill because two trains hit each other, so this guy wouldn't have to serve a frosty, I I think they should have named him Man of the Year. They really don't. <laughs> you died in a chemical, yeah. giant chemical fire that was next to your uh, your Wendy's. There's a few things in this country that you can't really mess with. And like, uh, like national parks, like forest rangers, yeah. you get in huge trouble for anything in like a national park. Sure. I feel like the railroad is like that too. These yeah. guys see no action. No. So if you are committing mischief <laughs> against the railroad, this guy is going to get the death sentence for sure. What if they tie him to the tracks? I just, I just can't get over the fact of like I don't want to go. I don't want to go to work today, but I can't miss a day here at Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of skipping a day, I'm gonna I'm gonna derail trains. Uh, what would Dave Thomas think? <laughs> I mean, you gotta appreciate. The level of work it requires to not work. You know what they do at Papa John's when they don't go to work? <laughs> they just they don't pu- make pizza. They put on a mask and come in and rob the place. <laughs> yeah, they should have just written graffiti all over the front of yeah, the store. Right, uh White's rule <laughs> on the Wendy's. And they go, oh, there's a hate crime here. We gotta yeah. go. Or just play the insane clown posse <laughs> music that you love so much, obviously. <laughs> Uh, that's a great worst of the week. A hell of a find there. That's fantastic. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. We do very much appreciate it. Please, for the love of God, leave a review on Spotify. Drop a five stars uh, on there. Just open it up. Drop five stars. You don't even have to listen. If you're listening to this right now, you don't even have to listen. Bad news. You do actually have to listen. Oh, no. I tried to rate our podcast on Spotify, and it said <laughs> I had to like, listen to a full episode. Oh, no. We'll mute the episode. <laughs> Go on to Spotify, and please listen to it uh, and drop five stars for us. We would appreciate it very much. Uh, as always, you can email us, polkingkush at gmail.com, on Twitter, at polkingkush. If you're still listening to this, obviously, you are not able to grab the phone to change the the podcast that you are listening to. So the Easter egg that we have here is uh, nothing. Talk to you soon. See ya.